Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, this is Kendra Miller, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Cody Carpentier as we are breaking down his version 4.0 of his NFL uh, 2024 mock draft that's up now at RosterWatch.com. Um, Cody, good to see you, brother. How are we doing, brother? I know, I, I know you, you, you might be on the, on the, on the man, but uh, we're grinding through. <laughs> And um, I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're enjoying yeah. some. Hopefully, the weather's not too bad down there. <laughs> interesting, interesting week down here for your boy, man. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely doing fine, man. Happy to be back here on the podcast, and happy to see this new mock, man. Everybody knows that you know it's 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 mock draft season right now. People care about these mock drafts. They want to know their picks. They want to know their picks. So you're up to version 4.0. You put out your first um, back. It gosh, it felt like your first one you put up back before. It was definitely back before Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the first one was December 1st. I think that's usually my target date there. All right, so here it's up at rosterwatch.com, so go check it out. Also, if you guys are on YouTube, please remember to like the, like the show, subscribe to the channel. Um, this certainly helps us out immensely. And if you're listening on the podcast feed, please just rate the uh, rate the show, uh, rate the show, give it a good rating, and you know all that stuff. All right. Um, so what the hell, man? The Bears, you have the Bears with the top two picks. You have them, you, you have them pulling some kind of Texans ish move here. That was the that was the that was the the target here. So I, I was talking to Matt Akeem about this, my boy over there uh, at the executives, and he's that player profiler as well. But it, when when you're working on mocks, especially, uh, I think you know this too. But when you're working on mocks and when you get onto the longer ones, this is a four round mock here. You have to kind of build a narrative and a thought behind everything. So. The narrative I went with was that Chicago was going to go full all in. And one that ended up happening was they took Caleb number one, which is a wire-to-wire expectation. It's been kind of the conversation for the past two years. Um, but the number two overall pick is where Washington's sitting right now. And I have Chicago moving up from nine to two uh, and sending pick 101, which I put in parentheses because it's in this draft, and then future compensation, future first and, two, first and seconds. Um I did this trade. I did all these trades or, or, or the couple that I did on, I used the PFF mock draft tool. So, um, kind of kept me in the same ballpark. But anyway, that was the idea was moving from nine to two, uh, for the Chicago Bears to get Marvin Harrison to pair with Caleb and to have with DJ Moore in the Chicago Bears offense. So kind of in the same ballpark of what Houston did last year where they drafted Stroud and then traded up for Will Anderson. But this time, Chicago's going to double tap on offense. I just, man, uh, I, do you, 
do you really think that do you really think that Washington's going to get out going to get out of there? You don't think that it because there's all the discussion now is the, is number two. It feels like that there's the discussion now. It's like people are starting to act. I don't know if this is, and I want to talk to you about the whole draft coming full circle stuff with the Alabama corners and things like that. But it feels no. like the draft is coming full circle right now with Drake May, um, and there's be, there's beginning to be a Jaden Daniels discussion here, right between quarterback two, quarterback three. Um, you really don't think Washington's like you really don't think that Washington would just say, no, man, it's going to take a King's ransom to get us off of one of these quarterbacks after what we've been through. New new ownership group, new coach. You know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. And I, I, I agree with that. Um, but again, when, I, when I'm building this narrative and this thought as I'm going through this draft, I have to start with understanding that free agency begins um in a few well, a month now, right? And it's going to be a month before the NFL draft. So there's this big hurdle between here and there um, where the free agency, free agency will have a big deterrent on what happens in the draft. So my theory is whatever they do with Howell, whether they keep him, cut him, trade him, doesn't matter. I well, don't think they keep him right there. Like he, he, he has no value in the open market. They just keep, you don't him, know right? that. We don't know that because oh, they paid a fourth, they, they paid a fourth for him. They could hypothetically, yeah. I mean, we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo was traded um, right after what, two years in new England. So I don't want to say it's out of the, out of the, we're talking about an entirely new um, coaching staff coming in. So if they don't like Sam Howell, I could totally see them moving on from yeah, him. A what I'm saying contract is, and he's a dude who's actually played. Correct. Like, I mean, correct. Correct. And again, I love him, but this is my theory. And this is why I don't think they draft a quarterback early is because they're trying to build this roster and they're not saying we're going to win 12 games in 2024. They're building the roster and they want to establish a culture. And I don't think you establish a culture by drafting a, um, a Caleb Williams, a Jaden Daniels, a Drake may right off the bat and letting them lead you into this new thing. I think you, well then hold on. What do you have the Patriots doing? Taking Jaden Daniels. Right? But listen to the theory here. The theory, the theory is that they would go on and get a free agent quarterback. And if you watch what I did with Washington through, through, throughout this thing, they move from two down to nine. They add a pick next year and potentially a second, probably the following year. They get Dallas Turner here at number nine. And then when you get to round two, they trade up to 33 and they get Bo Nix. So you do get a quarterback. That's the thing. You're not, you're not like you're not taking a quarterback. It's more so that you're trading down from two to nine. You're getting the best edge rusher in the class from Alabama. Then at 33, you yeah. are going to get a quarterback. So my theory, again, like I'm saying, is they go after a quarterback in free agency. I know there's not a broad market, but there's the Jacoby Brissett's out there who was in Washington last year. Howell's still in the roster. And then they go out and they add a Bo Nix. Or if they want to get into the conversation and they want to try and lure a Baker, lure a Kirk or whatever, or 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 a car becomes available, or Russell Wilson. Those conversations will be had, but I'm leaving that up to them. Whereas I think Bo Nix would be a attacking him at pick 33 would be more manageable. And so Washington makes through pick 40 here with both Alabama edge rushers, Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner, as well as trading up for Bo Nix at 33 uh, with Carolina. So that was the the entire thought behind um the washington commanders trading down from two to nine again you can find the whole mock draft uh, cody carpentier's mock draft version 4.0 you can probably just search for it on google or just go to roster watches it's right there on the front page of the ticker if you listen to this in the next few days um so just you said just one quick thing like you said quickly so for you dallas turner but by 
for sure already the best edge. Um, like, what about Verse? What about Latu? I mean, are they even in yeah. the same? Do you put? Do you have those guys in the same tier, or do you have Dallas Turner in a tier ab- above them? I think those three are in a tier together. Um, I prefer Turner. I think there was some. I think there's been some some un heralded hate towards not hate, but like uh, deterrence towards Turner where, because he's not Will Anderson, but people forget what he was like playing with. But he's Will not Anderson. Will Anderson. He, he's he's not. not, he's not, you're right. But he's a very good edge rusher. I think that brings a lot to the table. Um, only a point, like I wrote here, only a 0.8% lower pass rush win rate than Will Anderson had in college at Alabama. That's surprising. Um, quarterback hits. That's surprising. I know it. And but, so we saw Latu down there at the senior bowl. I like Latu. I think he falls a little bit. There are some question marks. I had him going, I think, 17 to the Seattle Seahawks, 16 to the Seattle Seahawks. There's some worry about a potential red flag with some injury stuff, a little bit of a longer career and, and weird situation at UCLA. Things of that nature may push him down a little bit. And I just think that um, Dallas Turner fits the Washington um, defensive line and fits better than does Jared Verse, who I had going 11 to the Vikings. So I think they're all in the same tier, however, to answer your question. All right, so uh, we'll talk about some of the wide receivers, running backs, and stuff like that. We have a clearly, a, you know, we're we're a fantasy football company, but this the NFL draft and stuff like that is what we is is is, is what we do. So um, I want to talk about it all, but we'll get to the, like I have some specific running back specific questions. And speaking of the wide receivers here, um, so Malik Neighbors at four to the Cardinals, and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are Joe Alt is still on the board here. I mean, so Correct. all right. So what do you? How do you square that as opposed to like saying Paris Johnson, Joe Correct. Alt? We're not even worried about a, a dang thing <laughs> like anymore as far as protecting Kyler. Like, uh, so uh, so I because, so again uh, because you have the Cardinals. Te- I'm I'm sorry. I I, I realize that the podcast audience is, isn't listening or isn't watching this. So he has the Bears taking Caleb Williams. The Bears then again trading up with uh, Washington to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Washington picks up the extra pick, moves down to number nine at New England. He has him taking Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for LSU, which I still don't understand how you are rebuilding the Washington in this way, but you don't want to rebuild New England in, in a similar way. It's, it's right? more about it's more about the things you're hearing from the franchise where New England feels like they need this um where i think washington's trying washington's in a different they're not they're in a different spot but they're also both in the same spot right where new england's coming from this super high high they went down and now they're trying to get back up to the top and i think a daniels fits what they're trying to do but the o-line is, is bad and he's a little bit skinny and he's a elu- but he's elusive and i 100 i get that and i'll answer that question in a little bit when we talk about new england and the rest of their picks but um the reason i think it's different than washington is because washington is completely trying to build this thing um from the ground up from the inside out and i think they want a culture with a veteran quarterback right now i don't think they want to just come in here with a young guy and just keep on trying to shoot the dart i i, I that wouldn't be my tactic if i was them at, at so three, kind of, at three, it wouldn't, wouldn't be your Washington. Oh, New okay. England again. New England's not my tactic. New England's everything you're hearing and reading okay. is that feels like that's what they want, and so that's also part of it. I don't. I'm, I'm not again. When you're building these mocks, this mock isn't just 100 percent Cody. This is, um, you know, you have to have some creativity in projecting landing spots, feel how they feel in the roster, how they fit in the depth chart, how they fit on the roster, but also with stuff you're reading and, and, and searching and researching. So I think those are things that com- compare together. 
the the Arizona Cardinals are four, then take Malik Neighbor. So the, the first out of the first four picks, as projected here, Cody's has two quarterbacks and two wide receivers. I haven't. I don't think I've seen this exact. <laughs> not seen this exact sequence in any in any uh, mocks. Simply because you did build in the trade there from two from two down to nine with um, with uh, Washington picking up the extra pick from the Bears. Um, so you asked, and the, the Bears like it really is. Point. It really is a built-in Bears move. It's just like the Texans, yeah. just like the Texans yeah. last year. To like it's it, you 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 make it number two and number three instead of number one and number two, and it's the exact. It's just using all the all the ammo from the big trade and saying like this is it. It clearly worked out for the Texans last year. Um, so uh, Arizona Cardinals go Malik Neighbors out of LSU, who we just got done doing. You did your ride up on him. I watched him very very closely. Uh, it was. Crazy man, the the Cody, you did the podcast earlier in the week with Ray G. That was a really good one. You all should listen back to the three round Superflex rookie mock. And Ray G came up with a comp that was not the, my same comp, comp, but a comp from the same offense from like twenty years ago. Because I told Cody, and Cody, will, Cody will vouch for me before no. I, before that podcast was even recorded. I told you that my comp from League Neighbors was Tory Holt. Right? We no. get. I listened to that podcast and Ray G says that his, one of his comps is Isaac Bruce. So just very interesting that we both go back to the greatest show on turf for this guy. And look, I think it's just because he's such a baller that we can see put up major numbers. I'm not sure. I think probably Marvin Harrison jr. Will be our wide receiver one, but there's going to be a lot of discussions to be had with Malik neighbors. I think he's safer. I think that he just has a volume-based floor that feels a little bit safer to me for fantasy. It's clear that it's hard to have the kind of, you know, the. I think it's hard to have the upside of Marv, right? It's just it just is. People just aren't built like him. That they don't they don't have that 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 pedigree, right? You just, it just it doesn't grow on trees. But I think the fact that you got Malik Neighbors up this high and going to the Cardinals is a as the spot that has been. Marv, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. has been mocked to the Cardinals in every mock draft dating back to September, right? Yeah. For the, to see this with Malik Neighbors after doing the work on him, I don't think it would. I don't think it would be bad. <laughs> like I think it's fine. I think Malik Neighbors is is that good. I love it. And you asked the question, why not tackle um, for Arizona now with with Marv gone, with Alt still available, with Fuaga still available, uh, with Fashanu still available. That's because Arizona has a pick later in the first round and they have an early second round pick. And we know the depth of this class uh, hinges at receiver and at offensive line, mainly at tackle. I think you can still get a tackle um, of consequence later on, whereas the comment I put here from Malik Neighbors, there's two wide receivers going top four right here. This isn't just the Marvin Harrison show. This isn't just the Marvin Harrison draft. It should tell you how special Neighbors is alone having him be a top five pick being the top four right here. He's being overshadowed in the grand scheme uh, by Harrison, but neighbors deserve to be in this conversation as you're alluding to with the Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce conversation. Um, so w- if you do scroll down, uh, we'll get to it in a minute or we can get to it now. Um, but the guy, another guy we saw at the senior bowl. And the reason I feel good about taking um, Malik neighbors here is because I get the, the Cardinals taking Tyler Guyton right tackle out of Oklahoma, allowing Paris Johnson to then move over to the left side Um and take over for um Tom where do you Freeze. have Guyton? Where do you have Guyton being taken? 27th overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, he'll be a develop. He'll be a you know, he he won't be Paris Johnson right off the bat, but he's you know, he's got yeah, a really no, he's got a really yeah. good skill set. Good, really. really but I, good but the the thought here is that the and again, I don't I, I didn't make the neighbors pick knowing Guyton was going to be there or vice versa. It, it, it's more so. I understand the talent discrepancies between a Malik Neighbors and a Troy Franklin or Malik Neighbors and a Brian Thomas. Whereas going at tackle from a Flagger and an Alt, I, I still feel like you can potentially get the same output from a Mims or a uh, or, or a Guyton later in the second round. Or again, you have another pick uh, in the early part of the third round where um, I had that to get an edge rusher, but there's still a couple of offensive linemen available in round two as well so i think arizona is going to make do uh, with three picks in the top 35 and be very happy chargers go with well i mean if probably if malik, neighbors if, if malik neighbors doesn't go at four it feels like he's going to be you know if the chargers are picking there at five we might see neighbors go there right but yep. Yeah. Um, you go with with Fuaga there, the tackle out of Oregon State, and then the Atlanta Fa- Falcons. You have with a draft day trade with the Giants, so that would be moving up from nine or where did they, no nine eight. was oh, eight, um, and they trade up to get Drake May. So yeah, what what what, is, what does Drake May do for uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London? And oh, Drake Drake May to Drake London. What does that do for for these guys? This this elevates the entire offense. I I, I think Atlanta um, is sitting in a, in a spot at eight where they of course are praying for a quarterback to fall to them. Um, there's been helium around May falling. Uh, Zerline was the first one to kind of put it out where he put Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May in, in a mock draft and. The conversation really just comes around Williams and May being the two guys that were conversed the most over the course of the last 400 days, and neither had a better 2023 than they had a 2022 season. So Jaden Daniels has made ground on both of these guys, and there's worries around the efficiency and uh, the regression that May did have this year. So I get it, but also the projection to the NFL is 6'5", 215, 220 pounds. Flat circle, with, Cody. With, with what could, exactly, with what could potentially be 240, 235 in a couple of seasons and and kind of grow into this opportunity. This takes this entire offense to that level that we dreamed of, uh, you know, a year ago, two years ago with, you know, adding Pitts, adding London, adding Bijan. And then I have later on in round two, um, one of your favorite receivers in the entire class joining um, that team down there in Atlanta in Ladd McConkey. Oh, gosh. Oh, so Ladd stays in Atlanta. I didn't notice that one. That's that's good. So I think but I think what Drake does here when he gets past um, four there, if nobody trades up to four, then that's when Atlanta is is 100 percent picking that phone up. And they're calling the Giants because the Giants are in a spot where they need a couple more picks in this draft and in next year's class. And they just need they're not a team that's, you know, a piece or two away from taking the next step. They just aren't in the in the division they're in right now. So the Giants need some picks and Atlanta's if they can hop up ahead of Tennessee, get in there from the Giants and not allow a Washington to get back up or somebody else to get back up there, Minnesota to get up there, um, which is probably their team they'll be in, in, in a fight with if May falls to this point. I think that sixth spot is an interesting one for Atlanta to go up and get May. I just think that if this happens, of course, then at seven, the Titans will take Joe Alt. It's a lock that they'll go offensive line if he's available. Yep. I think it's a lock that they go offensive line anyway. Uh, eight, yep. uh, you, but then this is what I – if the situation is like you say it is with the Giants and they're not a piece away, you have them taking Rome with Dunze, um, the wide receiver out of Washington, who I love and stuff. But I, I see that uh, Fashanu from Penn State, you still have on the board. I think they would go offensive line there and just get that thing fixed up. 
Right. What do you think? What do you think that, that this offensive line? So this is a very tough one when you're going through it. And you just look at this offensive line. Uh, you know, they spent the first round pick on Andrew Thomas. They spent the first round pick on Evan Neal in 2020 yeah, and 2022. Left and right tackle. Where does where do you know who moves in? Does Evan Neal move into yes. right guard? Because maybe he could be good there. He's not good yeah. at right tackle. And you so don't that, think, you don't, you, listen, you've watched more. Listen, you've watched more offensive line than I have in my life. Right. You you wrote it up forever. My question is, 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 do you give up on Evan Neal after two years and just say, move him to right guard and we'll try it out there? Or do you try to – it's a question. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I just I think that I think that if they went all – I think if this fell like this, Shane would have to be – Joe Shane would just have to be like, man, it's probably not going to be a great season anyway. You know, we've seen what it's like, man, drafting these stud wide receivers and stuff. Like, what? I mean – they're great to have, but what does it, you know, what does it really do for a team if you don't have a quarterback? If if, if your line's no good and stuff, this has, this gives them the opportunity to build in a way where it's like, yeah, dude, you like you can get a you you have your left tackle set for sure, your right tackle hopefully is set, and this gives the opportunity for Evan Neal to maybe do something for you given that first round capital yeah. that you spent. So that's just that's how I think it would go. I, I mean, obviously, I think Rome's awesome. I like um, it. I like it. Um, I, the other thing I want to ask you about, so, and again, guys, you can read the, the whole write-up from Cody over at rosterwatch.com. But I, my question is this, when did this flipping happen with, with Terry and Arnold vis-a-vis Kool-Aid McKinstry? The last probably it, two months. As far you look as the at McKinstry, yeah, both are Alabama cornerbacks. Both have been very good. Um, Arnold had five picks this year. Arnold uh, has played the opposite of Kool-Aid, so he's gotten the benefit of them wanting to go away from Kool-Aid and then them being like, oh, this guy is pretty good himself too. Um, he's been pretty locked down. So McKinstry in himself in three seasons has allowed uh, one touchdown per season. McKinstry's um, fine. It's just a lot of the helium is going towards Terry and Arnold and Quinion Mitchell right now. And I think Mitchell is going to end up being my overall cornerback one. Um, but Arnold and McKinstry are, um, yeah, yeah kind of a ship in the night over the Let's last Let's make sure that Quinion's CB1, dude. <laughs> Let's make sure yeah. of that, Cody. Yeah. But, but I, I think, dude, I think that, again, f- the draft's a flat circle. I think that McKinstry will be taken before Terry and Arnold. If you just look, I just wanted to look at it. I looked at PFF earlier today. I mean, Kool-Aid was only target. They played about as many snaps as each other opposing offenses only ta- um, targeted Kool-Aid 39 times. They, they targeted Terry and Arnold 79 times. It's like, you know, it's almost double, right? Or it's actually over double. So it's, um, I think. I had Kool-Aid falling further than I wanted to. Right. Um, and let's talk now about, and then, so you have a bunch, you know, a bunch of these guys as far as, you know, fantasy relevant landing spots. Um, you have, let's see, Cincinnati, um, coming to get Brock Bowers. That's something that's been talked about a whole lot. Um, let's see here. It's a little bit, uh, not too much fantasy relevant stuff here down the second half of this mock. Um, Brian Thomas half. was the uh, receiver. I only have three receivers. Oh, going Bron- oh gosh. Brian Thomas is the wide, re- the third, fourth, fourth wide receiver so off the fourth. board to Philadelphia. You know, um, what do you think about that write-up right there that I put? Um, the Quez Watkins experience was fun, but they literally added Julio last year. They're trying new things. The, the Quez thing, I was big on Quez, but he's a six-round pick that you know he he over he, he, he over 
whatever the hell the word is. He did well for what he was drafted as. Um, but they needed they need this deep threat. They need this this Brian Thomas piece feels perfect for Philadelphia. And it's one of the rare few spots that I think Brian Thomas can excel in the league. And for fantasy, it's very interesting. I would be I would be the the nah, the Eagles don't you think that they would be do better than taking Brian Thomas right there? It's kind of a one-trick pony, dude. I don't know. I know, but, but, but no. look what they've been trying to do. They have been trying to fill this number three spot for four years, and it just hasn't worked and hasn't worked. Quez. Why wouldn't they take Troy Franklin? Because Troy Franklin is, is too sim- – for me, he's too similar to Devonta Smith. This is a different dynamic. This is a – I'm not calling him Julio, but this is like that, that dream that you had of Julio, uh, what he would have been this past year for Philly, what they wanted Julio to be. A, a different piece that complements, you know, a six foot tall, two hundred twenty pound AJ Brown, a lean, mean route machine, Devonta Smith, and now you have this guy that could take the top off of the defense with uh, uh, eleven out of seventeen of his touchdowns this year being twenty five plus yards downfield. You have a true guy that can take the top off of a defense in Brian Thomas. As far as the running backs, we'll we'll talk about these be- be- before we get out. So you don't have the first running back being taken until number fifty six overall to the Dallas Cowboys, which would be awesome. But we're Cody. We need to have an intervention with you in this Braylon Allen stuff. You love, you love, but like, can you just give us a little bit about like why you are absolutely so madly in love with Braylon? Like, is he your RB one? I'm not. I know I'm not going to be able to make him my RB one based on what I've seen out of at least what I've seen out of Brooks and what I've seen out of Quorum. Um, I need to watch more Braylon Allen, but I don't. From what I've seen, I don't think I can have him more. Do you like? Do, do you feel like the NFL is higher on him than maybe I am, or the rest of the industry is? To be honest with you, I, I don't really care where the NFL is because this running back class is so different that um, Jalen Wright out of Tennessee is going to run a four three, and you'll see helium on him. Um, we've what seen core running back people. Uh, Jalen Wright, I don't know what he is two ten, two oh nine, something like that. Um, but he, is, McCorm- he is in that range. Okay. Quorum's about 23 and a half, 24 years old. You know, he's the, probably the – he's a really good running back. Um, but you do have the ACL last year. He's coming off of it. He's got a lot of tear – a lot of wear uh, on the on the running. Brillen Allen's 20 years old, 238 pounds, six foot two. He's competent in the run, in the receiving game. He progressed as a receiver from eight, I think, to 17 to like 28 receptions year over year over year at Wisconsin. I think he's got a great downhill running style. Did have some question marks about his fumbling. He had four this year, four as a freshman, and then one that sophomore season, freshman All-American, two-time All-Big Ten second team. I think he brings um, in a, a weird running style where um, I see a lot of Zeke between the tackles, but then when he gets in the open field, he doesn't exactly he ran he had 96 yard touchdown he's had some long touchdowns but he doesn't really show like a four four five he's, giant. he's a giant four four oh and things of that nature but he reminds me of a, a girly in the open field where he does show some surface area what does really kind of way 238 he yeah, does move he does move kind of in a, in a weird tight range when he does get into the open field that reminds me of a todd Gurley. so um, 90 plus rushing yards in 23 out of 34 games i think you plug i plugged him in here to dallas right that was the spot yep so I think that that's a thing where I think it's going to be know, Jay Brooks. I just I, think I, I, get the, I, I get I yeah. get the Jay Brooks thing 100%, but the thing is is you know Jerry Jones and how he gets with some of these players. And I think when he gets to that point, he's not going to see like Zeke 2.0, but he's going to see a guy that gives him a guarantee in this backfield where yeah, potentially there's some fumbling, 
uh, there was a question in Wisconsin and other things of that nature, but he's going to see a guy that's 240 pounds that he can just hand the ball off to 210 times, not worry about him getting hurt 250 times if he wants to. And it gives them a balance, a guaranteed balance that they haven't had since they had Zeke in his prime where, yeah, Brooks is 207 pounds. Brooks coming off an ACL. Uh, Quorum's a little smaller. All these other guys have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think Braylon at 20 years old is just, to me, it just feels like the perfect Cowboys fit. All right, so let me let me um, let me go through some of these. Okay, so of the teams that are, do you have the do you have the Raiders taking a running back? Yes, Jalen Wright, running back out of Tennessee. I think it's 70 ish. And he was the one you were just talking about. You think's going to run four three? That missed the Senior Bowl. Yep. Okay, and I just saw he he weighs two ten. Gosh, that would be that would be a great landing spot. What about? So you have Dallas, you have Dallas taking Braylon Allen. They only have is because Pollard won't be on contract. We don't think that he's going to be coming back. Is Rico Dowdle still under contract? I don't think they have anybody under contract except for um, Vaughn. Okay. Uh, same division. You have everybody leaving. Yep. So, uh, so I, have, I just, hold uh, on, wait, it's the Giants. All those, yep. the whole NFC East, yep. man, like because Antonio Gibson's leaving, but that'll leave Chris Rodriguez and Brian Robinson. Um, Philadelphia, they'll still I didn't have, give Philly a running back. I didn't give Philly a running back. I gave the Giants, Audric Estime. Out of Notre I Dame. Gave, yep. Yeah, and I gave the Cowboys, Braylon Allen. Those were the two running backs I sent to the NFC East. I didn't give um, the Eagles a running back because Swift makes a lot of sense to come back there. Um, and I think that they could also press a button on a free agent. What about the Chargers? The Chargers, I gave Blake Corum a 69. <laughs> All right. So if that happens, I mean, if dude, if Blake Corum goes, if Blake Corum goes to reunite with with Harbaugh, are you kidding me? I mean, he's the he's he's the rookie running back one then, right? Maybe, 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 like maybe. Oh gosh. Oh gosh, that would that that's a that's a that's a big one. Okay, so I'm trying to think of the others. Um, with 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 Cincy, they're letting go, or the reports they're letting go of Mixon. Do you have them picking anybody? With these uh, 116th pick in round four, I have them taking Bucky Irving, the speed burner out of Oregon. Uh, I'm not sure that that's a. I'm I'm not sure that that's a that's a. Uh, they platoon, a platoon fit with 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 Chase Brown and stuff. I think it is a, di- it's a, it's a dynamic speed guy. Brown can take a lot of Brown can take 240, 250 carries. Did it in college? I'm not saying they're going to give him that, but if they give him 180 and they give Bucky like you know 100, and then Bucky gets a lot of the receiving work, I think that that can work. Do you like Chase Brown in, in best ball? Yeah, I don't know what his cost is right now, but I like the idea of it. I'd like I, I'd like to let me just let me pull that up, man. So this like we can get a little. Um, let me just pull it up because I, I I sent you the skeleton of the best ball cheat sheet that we're working on over at rosterwatch.com. I'd like to get this from you right now so we can just talk about the ADP here. Uh, Chase Brown, 110.7. So he's going like he's going around the same time as uh, Devin Singletary. Um, he's going like 12 picks after the Jalen Warrens and the DeAndre Swifts of the world. Is that I about like right? That. I like that. Okay. Um, all right. So, and then one other one I wanted to ask you about before we be, before we get out of here. Um, what do you have about the? Um, what about your? Do you have the Vikings taking anybody? 
Any, um, any, the, any, any running backs? No. I had the Vikings uh, taking verse in round one, and then they trade back up to the second pick in round two uh, to get J.J. McCarthy. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so wait. Antonio Gattoletta in the chat saying, what's Washington's first three rounds mock? Look so like? it's Dallas Turner, the edge rusher from Alabama, and then with the first pick in the second round, they take Bo Nix, the quarterback out of Oregon. Uh, with pick 40, I think it is, they take Chris Braswell, the edge rusher out of Bama. So you get both Alabama edge rushers, Bo Nix, the quarterback out of Oregon, and then in round three, uh, give him Javon Bullard, the safety out of Georgia. And, the, and, ju- and, just, and just like that, all of a sudden, you got th- things cooking up there in Washington. I do got one more thing before we head out of here, though, and you can take it out on this. My favorite pick. Do you have, I don't know if you have gotten through the whole thing or not, but do you have a favorite pick from any of these for fantasy relevance? Because I got one. For fantasy relevance? Yes. Yeah. Blake Quorum to the Chargers. All right. 64th overall, Kansas City Chiefs. They take a cornerback in round one, but in round two, they take Malachi Corley, the Yak King out of Western Kentucky. 